0: Hi there. Welcome to the first interview episode of this podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Jordan Reiner with me. Jordan has been a mental health support group facilitator at National Alliance on Mental Illness in Boston. Jordan is also a fourth year student at Northeastern University. So welcome, Jordan.
1: Thanks, Dennis. I'm excited to talk with you today.
0: So Jordan, um, talk about yourself as a student uh, at Northeastern, because I'm from Boston College, and I knew a little bit about uh, Northeastern University, but um, I think the biggest difference was one is urban and one mm-hmm. is, you no know, suburban or rural. And um, how did you feel? Uh, how did you feel about the school? And uh, sort of majors, clubs? Just uh, give our audience a like brief, brief background information. Sure. Imagine, no? sure.
1: Um, so I'm from Nebraska originally, which is like middle of the United States. And I'm from like a decent sized city. It's called Omaha. Um, And I wanted to go out east um, to a bigger city for school. And I liked Northeastern when I visited, um, applied. I'm here now. Um, I really like it here. I study health science, um, which is public health. And I have minors in Spanish and business. I'm also a pre-med student. So (laughs) right now I'm working on studying for the MCAT, um, but yeah.
0: Okay. Can you do like pre-med with your major together?
1: Yeah. So usually my major is a lot of people who are looking to go into medicine, either like um, medical school or like PA school or even like nursing.
0: So it's a like bachelor of science, right?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: See, uh, so how long have you, been involved in NAMI. So I have been involved. So for people uh, who don't know, NAMI is like the abbreviation Mm -hmm. of National Alliance on Mental Health Illness. So we all refer to uh, this name as NAMI.
1: Um, NAMI, I've been involved with NAMI Boston for a couple of years. Um, I first reached out to them to start volunteering back before the pandemic started, like um, early 2020. yeah, and ever since, I've, I've been kind of a, a bunch, a part of a different, a bunch of things with NAMI. Um, they don't really have a set volunteer program, so they individualize new members, their experiences, and um, direct them to support groups and some classes or other programs
0: that NAMI offers. Yeah, so it seems like NAMI does like cover a lot of different activities and initiatives uh could you please like give us a brief intro to uh what's the major you know goals of nami and mm-hmm. how is how is nami's activities look like yeah based on your like one or two years of experience here
1: sure um so nami has all their services are free um for people to use so, so it's
0: completely nonprofit. right
1: Yeah. It's a nonprofit. Yes. It's a grassroots, like, um, advocacy group support, um, organization for people with mental illness. Um, so some of their main programming includes, um, trainings for peers. It's called peer to peer, um, which I have been involved in with NAMI. Um, it's kind of like, learning how to be there for other people experiencing mental illness. Um, There's some other classes. I'm not too sure about those. I haven't been involved in them, but they also have in your own voice programming where people can be trained to go to events and tell their story about mental illness with people and share their stories. Um, Yeah, they have advocacy, they have they are involved in some political advocacy and they fundraise for all of their services that are free for people to use.
0: Yeah, uh, specifically cause, uh, you know, when I, when I joined NAMI, I was actually first interested in, uh, doing the training or, you know, uh, becoming a semi-professional mm-hmm. therapist or something like that, but it doesn't seem to be, uh, necessarily like professional or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk, talk more maybe about your training.
1: Sure. Um, so the, everyone who is a teacher of the class or like facilitator is a volunteer themselves. So it's all people who have a strong interest in mental health. And, um, yeah, like, as you said, they don't have like special, they don't pay teachers or anything for these classes. It's all peer led, um, which I find to be really cool. Um, because I feel like more supported and more comfortable that way.
0: Yeah, uh, what was a training uh, like in person, right? Mine was virtual. Oh, you're, yeah. you're virtual. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like, certificate certificate after finishing the training?
1: Um, Nothing like abbreviations or anything. They just sent like a little <laughs> <Yeah>. paper.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, how long did it last?
1: So it was, I, f- I believe, eight weeks um, once a week for two to three hours. So two months long. I did it over the summer.
0: Do you have any uh, specific skills or something that you learn from training that's uh, useful?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say there's a couple things. Um, one thing they focused on a lot was goal setting, which I found to be very useful. And I have used that in like the support group that I run in NAMI. Um, they also do, they also kind of teach you how to be positive, like be, a good person to come to for support um, and how to handle certain situations, how to make or they also teach you how other aspects of health can impact your mental health. So I learned about myself and how to um, be there for other people
0: because I'm in your group, like basically mm-hmm. for people who don't know, um, I'm in Jordan support group. Uh, it's a biweekly like online a virtual session held on Zoom and um, Jordan just talked about goal setting uh, as an important like coping skill for mental struggles. And I found that pretty helpful uh, for me personally, so I can definitely resonate with that. And uh, do you think beyond facilitating the support group, do all those skills are, are those skills that you learn from this training helpful dealing with like personal relationship, like outside of NAMI?
1: Hundred um... percent. I find myself in situations where I'm like, OK, what did I learn? Like what's what's like the best thing, you know, like how can I help the best in this situation or like in what way can I say something that would be helpful or, you know, just like learning about how other people um, like support and supporting, like practicing support for other people in class, That's good.
0: So last week, Jordan was awarded NAMI Volunteer of the Year. It's a it's an annual award and it was a really great, like, achievement of yours. Uh, Talk about the activities you participated in that, you know, at at NAMI Mm -hmm. because definitely you've done a lot. Otherwise, you can't (laughs) get this this award.
1: Mm -hmm. So this award. Okay, so it's from technically I was awarded it from the Peer Support Advocacy Network that NAMI holds, which I have been a part of since I was w- started with NAMI. So I've known them for a while now. And this past year, um, when they are giving out the awards, they get, did a little like introduction. So Eva, the she's one of the board of directors who I've been in contact with a lot um she introduced me and she was saying so part of this class the peer-to-peer class was the reason um she chose me for the award and then also i did um an advocacy day last year with um state government in massachusetts and then i also did a fundraiser um for their like annual walk through northeastern
0: so I, I know we are still under the impact of uh pandemic. How mm-hmm. did the uh, pandemic like interfere with your involvement mm-hmm. with NAMI?
1: So I really only started online. Actually, no, I went to a couple in person. I forgot about that at the very beginning. At
0: the very beginning. So you were in person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I went to, I can't even remember where I went, but it was a it was building and they had speakers. I think one of them went to Northeastern law school. So there
0: were, they were uh, also like students. Yeah, there was. From, from different schools. Um, or...
1: there was, well, there's, I remember this one girl from BU who I still am in kind of contact with, but I think that's about it. Most of them are well over 50, 60. So, um, but yeah, so in person they had like pizza and speakers and, um, since it's moved online, it's kind of hard to have that same atmosphere, but we do our best over Zoom to make up for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So a uh, large portion of my audience uh, are my high school mm-hmm. students. So I'm coming from an international high school in China mm-hmm. and everyone went to university all across uh, all over the world, uh, Canada, US, mm-hmm. UK and Australia. So I think one of the initiatives for me to do this, like interview podcast was to to help them a little bit because uh, it was quite hard, especially during pandemic for international students to study mm-hmm. abroad in another country. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, do you think like an organization like NAMI will be helpful for them? Cause it's helpful for me personally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, unfortunately I think NAMI is only in the United States, so I don't know if like anyone abroad would be able to participate in NAMI specifically, but I definitely recommend, I mean, when I first started, I, I think I was Googling like mental health volunteering. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I think that's definitely like, like since we both ended up in the same place, like that's something I recommend for someone to do because you can, sure. I'm sure there's something someone can find that's similar, or if not, they can always like start something up
0: our our meetings are bi-weekly and it doesn't really take a lot of time because uh, maybe you, you have this initial friction that you want you don't want to get started because it uh, might take you a lot of time and you have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of schoolwork to do mm-hmm. uh, but in fact it's not like that mm-hmm. uh, it's quite relaxing yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, makes you happy to join those meetings mm-hmm. and it takes like each meeting lasts just like one and a half hour it doesn't de- definitely um, don't take quite much time as you might think mm-hmm. so um, I know like people's di- situation can be different but I definitely recommend joining a support group like that it's almost like a free therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like you know in a usual therapy there are only like two people mm-hmm. um, but in a support group like, everyone are quote-unquote experts mm-hmm. on mental health yeah. issues and you can resonate a lot
1: yeah I find it like you said it's nice to like join in on something where everyone, you know, come from similar places. And it's nice to like dedicate, like you said, an hour and a half to just like decompressing and relaxing and getting things off your chest and being there for other people.
0: Uh, so Jordan, one thing I, I think a lot of people interested in mental health or uh, peer support will be stigma, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's a, uh, such a huge topic, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things to cover uh, in the field of mental health or uh, you know, psych- applied psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a lot of experience with uh, not only peer support group, but also uh, formal, you know, formal trainings. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any? I bet you have like a lot more knowledge than I have. So maybe you can talk a little bit more uh, about what's your perception of stigma mm-hmm. and what's your view on that, basically?
1: Sure. Um surrounding mental health, I guess. I grew up in a family that didn't really talk about it. We had it was pretty stigmatized to talk about um honestly any type of health. So mental health especially was not talked about. And there were mental health problems in my family. So I I grew up where in a situation where it was very stigmatized, but I've found after talking to a lot of people there's like a range it's not really the same for anyone like in our support group there are people who grew up very open to talk about mental illness or like a, if any family member had it like i guess something that brings us all together though is we all have experience with mental illness or mental health challenges so
0: yeah i think challenges would be maybe a better word yeah um, i agree because you know there's a very um, arbitrary definition of mental illness. Because yeah. illness it kind of suggests that you are a patient mm-hmm. and that doesn't make people feel good.
1: Yeah, that's actually so that's a good point. That's something they taught us in class. Oh, Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the peer to peer class, they, um, you know, they're very explicit in saying mental condition or challenge um, yeah. So I think that's kind of a stigma that brings us all together as a support group where we can openly talk about mental, mental, con, mental health conditions. Mental health conditions. Um, but and also do it, do something positive. And I think that's like a good start, I guess, is to like just talk about mental illness or mental health conditions, because I think if, if nobody talks about anything, in my experience, nothing, nothing changes.
0: You have to make actions in order to, uh, even to make the slight, you know, slightest amount of progress. I think uh, it's important to be you know, proactive, mm-hmm. especially dealing with something that you feel is not correct, like mental challenges. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, sometimes I don't know people maybe perceive this as something they can bear, um, as something they uh, maybe not as a big deal as you know physical mm-hmm. physical health you know i, I called ewa uh, when i first joined nami i still remember one question ewa asked me was well she didn't ask was i diagnosed as you know any sort of mental health mm-hmm. uh, uh, i mean mental illness mm-hmm. but w- what she asked was uh, what was my evaluation of my own mental mm-hmm. condition and i think that was a crucial distinction because you know everything mental was subjective mm-hmm. and sometimes you just have to lower the bar in order to for you to you know to open to other people to open to therapy open Mm -hmm. to you know opportunity for you to improve your mental health Mm -hmm. so i think stigma when we're talking about uh, the definition of mental illness will be sort of you know paradoxical in a way so so do you have any sort of like personal anecdote when it comes to stigma Mm
1: -hmm. i guess i can talk about my family stigma for example my father died by suicide when I was little and I, I never knew that until I was like 14. That was tough. Yeah, so um, I guess in my family, Sigma was huge because I was told, like what I was told and what actually happened was different. So I was just told it was like, he forgot to take his medicine and something bad happened and nothing really happened. But I mean, I'm trying to change that culture in my family where like we can talk about things like this. Like my grandma has come to me and has been like, like, how, like, can I talk about my h- mental health? Like, can we talk about it? And like, yes, of course. Like, let's talk Huge about improvement. it. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think in my experience when you do open up or allow other people to open up, they like nine times out of 10, they'll take it. And I think anyone appreciates that if you're offering,
0: yeah, i think uh definitely like for uh, for a lot of people's situation you just have to open up mm-hmm. um, but for me personally uh it might be a little bit different i don't know if, if it's a cultural thing or something just you know different person to person mm-hmm. so i grew up with this you know physical uh chronic disease called i, I was diagnosed as having you know, deviated nasal septum a lot of people have this but Mine was particularly severe, so it interfered my breath. Mm-hmm. So my nose was constantly like, congested. Mm-hmm. So I still remember back in elementary school when I talked to my mom about this condition, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what she said? Uh, she said it's just normal and uh, mm-hmm. everyone had, you know, congested or, you know, stuffy nose and was not a big deal. And even my elementary school, I still remember my <laughs> elementary school math teacher who <laughs> told me to don't make any like weird noises in class because mm-hmm. uh, I was like blowing my nose
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> no one believed you <laughs> i don't know yeah. i mean blowing blowing your nose is definitely something normal but I, yeah i didn't i didn't get it why <laughs> like a like, like, uh, elementary school math teacher would say something like that mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people are doing that but that by itself signals something that's worth noticing which is you know some chronic diseases were prevalent among a lot of people but mm. they didn't take care of it, and the society didn't take care of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't want to go to hospital like, I, like mm-hmm. I did. I didn't want to go to hospital. hospital, or I didn't think it's worth going to hospital until high school. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you were diagnosed as, and you're not diagnosed, but when you had mental struggle, but you didn't try to find a way to cope with that, mm-hmm. and you just accept it. So I think this was terrible, mm-hmm. definitely terrible experience. And uh, I talk about, you know, the society doesn't necessarily pay a lot of attention to individuals illness, especially something that's rare. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have, well, I shouldn't say but I mean, cancer or something that's well known to a lot of people, they will give you compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll bring you bring you some, you know, some support. Mm Um, before illness that's you know less well known and people mm-hmm. just consider well that's normal you're just mentally weak mm-hmm. uh, that's something that hurt mm-hmm. much more I would say yeah so uh, I, I, I was struggling with that yeah when I was in mm-hmm. elementary school all the way until I was in high school um, it was a tough recovery process because I just you know procrastinated too much on my treatment mm-hmm. uh, but eventually it was, um mm, successful and i now uh, don't have too much symptoms related nice. so i was really grateful about that
1: um i think you made a good point that um with mental health they're often in like invisible diseases or illnesses you, they're not really something you can
0: yeah anything basically anything visible uh, both mentally and physically mm-hmm. uh you're not like uh, broken your leg people uh-huh. don't notice
1: that yeah yeah, I think it. I think yeah, it's just hard to talk about things where it's one person. You just have to like trust what the other person's saying, and like I
0: guess that's not really accepted. Yeah, everywhere. but still, it's really hard to resonate when you when you don't see it or you don't personally feel it. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. one of the problem of you know people feel that they lack uh, support or warmth mm-hmm. coming from other people you know surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think there are any way we can address this problem um because that's you know somehow related to uh, yeah. stigma
1: yeah i think um, there's yeah. there's some like i guess <clears throat> i guess this is something to that's kind of addressing um making it okay to talk about yeah. um especially with the pandemic i think mental health is way more talked oh about. yeah sure, sure um and i think it's becoming more okay to admit to other people that you are going through something or you need extra support. Um, so I guess that's one good thing that has come out of this pandemic in a way. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Oh, but anyway, I can talk about my, um, getting involved with NAMI. Oh sure. Um, so when I was in high school, um, I did a a fundraiser for NAMI (laughs) because they were like the national sponsor of this club I was in. Uh, Which club? It's called HOSA. It's Health Occupation Students of America. Um it's just like a career club. So that's also like really
0: your like major in college, right? Yeah.
1: So that kind of yeah, that kind of got me interested in healthcare, so
0: also oh, it's after that. It's after you uh, you were involved in that club uh, and then you decided to major in public
1: health. right? Um, So that was in high school. Uh. So, yeah, uh, I I came to Northeastern undecided, so Uh I wasn't really set on it from the beginning. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I did a fundraiser for them in high school. Um, That's where I kind of got exposed to the idea of mental health and support that is offered to people. Um, And in college, I um, started studying public health and a lot of public health is mental health related. And that's when I thought about NAMI um, because I have I was exposed to them a couple years earlier and I just was trying to see if I could get involved
0: in any way. Uh, do you think your attitude towards, <clears throat> sorry, uh, mm-hmm. the concept of stigma changed uh, before and after you, you were exposed to this idea of, oh, there's something called mental health support. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally, um, I think, I, I went to a workshop where I heard about Nami and why we were fundraising for them, and I was like, wow, people can talk about this like like this, like this is okay, like that's so cool, like I want to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I think that was huge for me to just get that exposure. I didn't
0: think a lot of that before participating in that activity. It didn't, you know, I think whether oh whether worth my time or you mm-hmm. didn't think too much.
1: Um, I was actually really excited because like I said, like I, that's not really something I ever,
0: ever done before. Yeah. So I
1: was excited to experience that.
0: That's nice. So I think, uh, to, you know, in the form of the podcast is a format and uh, there are different formats, you know, today, especially with the internet Mm -hmm. to promote the idea of you know, we, we need to get rid of this you know stigma thing in the society as much we as we possibly can mm-hmm. so do you think what are the things that Nami did that support you know uh, not only stigma but also in other biases mm-hmm. discriminations regarding mental health mm-hmm.
1: so there's a program that Nami go, puts on called in your own voice and I have never been to one or seen one um, but it's where someone who has been trained in telling their story for a group goes to either a business or some kind of meeting. I'm, I'm assuming they have a virtual setting now. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that's a way to introduce the idea of mental health to people who aren't exactly like incentivize themselves to go seek support. Um, so like the outreach can be done in that way. Um, I'm not too sure exactly other ways, they um have outreach because a lot of the times it's volunteers working with other volunteers um, what yeah. about
0: other advocacy
1: so yeah um i don't so i've been a part or i've worked with other groups around boston um for example uh afsp the american foundation for suicide prevention who has similar they have similar objectives to nami um, oh,
0: is it oh I, i'm Actually, quite interested. I'm sorry for inter- no, interrupting. the uh, I, I, I had this friend uh, in college who told me that uh, like they were doing, you know, uh, suicide prevention calls. Uh, mm. I think it was mm-hmm. part of my school's mental health program or something. Mm. Uh, is it something similar that NAMI was doing? You know, uh, part of advocacy.
1: Um, is is it like
0: suicide uh, prevention line? There is,
1: I think there's a crisis line. I don't know if they do like preventative calls. Um, But yeah, they do have some line. I think Dami might do some work with that, too. I'm not sure.
0: So uh, Jordan and I were uh, involved in a peer support group and uh, because, you know, that's the only group, uh, the only format of mental health advocacy that i am involved in uh, i know jordan definitely has a lot more experience uh, other than that but uh you know based on my own experience uh like we want to talk about this format of peer support group and is it, jordan, Is it do you think it's a popular you know, form or pretty ex- accessible form for uh, just mundane people to mm-hmm. get access to mental health support. I think uh, in a lot of schools for college students, they have uh, therapy sessions available, uh, mm-hmm. especially with uh, within the school's universal, like constant service or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that costs that cost uh, quite a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it in your like uh, insurance? So health insurance in your school?
1: I think they do offer maybe a couple free ones at the beginning. Um, but then I think yeah, you have to pay out of pocket after that.
0: Yeah, and for NAMI it's completely free. Yeah,
1: yeah. so all of the services that NAMI puts on is free. But they're like you can become a member, you can pay forty five dollars a year to be a member. Um, that's not necessary, like you don't need to do that.
0: Yeah, but- maybe talk about like uh beside NAMI, are there any other uh, peer support programs out there that, you know, students in, in Boston or in Massachusetts can reach out to mm-hmm. when they have problems like this.
1: Sure. Um, so there's this group called active minds. Have you yeah. heard of them? Do, do they have a chapter at BC?
0: Oh, probably no. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I was looking for a lot of, uh, mental health support, uh, not necessarily mental health support, but mental health volunteer works mm-hmm. back in november and december oh gotcha uh, but bc didn't actually offer too much so uh, i didn't Just, get a like like part-time job or intern yeah. at, at my college so uh, nami was something you know it's completely separate with, uh, with boston college so mm.
1: um yeah so there's a group i think it's a national group that's called active minds and they're on a lot of school campuses i know northeastern has one um but it seems to be gaining more attention and more recognition and even eva has mentioned in the past um if there is an organ or a a group at your campus or whatever to get involved because i'm not too sure what they do but i know they offer support for um students and i i guess that'd be an easy way for someone to um, find support especially like with your direct peers because they are like
0: other students are there professionals there or they're just students uh, like a club or
1: Yeah, it's basically a club. I think it's just student mm-hmm. run right? student run, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think last time y- you mentioned like a reco- uh, recovery learning community. Can mm-hmm. you expand on this a little bit?
1: Yeah, so um the recovery learning communities and are a form of peer support. Um they they are physical locations in Boston. So there's the Metro Boston Recovery Learning Center or community. And then that group like last a couple of days ago was the one putting on the zoom call for the award ceremony. So there NAMI is part of that community. And a lot of people who are involved in the recovery learning communities are peers with mental health conditions. Um, and most of them have a lot of experience in the mental health. Like they've gone through this like mental health system in ways I haven't like they have, they have, they obviously are, um, they have more experience than me. Like they are well over like twice my age and yeah, they do some great work there. So, um, I think peer support is gaining momentum. They have, have you heard of um, a certified peer specialist?
0: Uh, other students
1: um th- it's like a program you can complete it's separate from nami separate from everything it's like its own little certification and you can get a job with it um and that's becoming more i think
0: is it a government run or is it just a you know i don't non-profit think so as well
1: i think you can get your certified peer specialist certificate uh i don't know how you take the classes but you sign up whatever finish the class, you can work somewhere um, that where people have mental health challenges and be that peer for them. And I think you, you, you can get paid for that. Like that's a job you can pursue, but it's usually people who are like um, older, not in college, but I mean, I don't know what, like you probably could as a college student. Um, I'd have to look into that though. Uh,
0: so I think lastly, uh, I want to talk about just some general advice, uh, for especially students, cause I know, uh, um, our audience will be, you know, for most part students. Mm-hmm. but maybe also for uh, other groups of people, mm-hmm. um, some general advice on you know, how to seek for help mm-hmm. and how to, you know, just make you on a day to day basis happier.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think as a student, something that's important is, just making sure you're aware of what's offered to you on campus. Yeah, um, sure. Because a lot of time, like, those are usually free opportunities for someone to get involved and it's convenient because you're on campus. So I think, like, like on campus at Northeastern, we have a health and counseling center that offers the therapy as yeah, I think time. our school also had that. Yeah, so I think, like, just getting, like, involved there. I know sometimes it can take a lot of time and a lot like they're backlogged or whatever. But I think they could set you up and give you things that you need. Um, I mean, when I was looking for volunteering opportunities, I didn't really see a whole bunch for college students outside of campus clubs or anything like that. So it might take a little initiative for like a community to put something together outside of like a college. But I think You'd be surprised and how many people would want to join you in that or like be supportive.
0: I think once you uh, once you started saying, well, uh, either I, I want to form a support group or mm-hmm. I want to be part of something. A lot of people will actually say that's what I think as well. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been thinking as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think to get started, definitely is something that you know, we have to uh, be more aware of. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these are uh, available resources, either on and off campus. What are something that you think can be you know, practical advice that we can adopt on a daily basis? Because mm-hmm. uh, I know quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I- I've been, well, I think a lot of things are, uh, are in recent years quite popular, like meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, can, can you talk about meditation? Do you, do you know a little bit more?
1: So I do, I try to incorporate some mindfulness into my life. Um, I, I've been trying to
0: focus on that. So it's not like deliberate practice when you not, not set, for me. set 10 minutes, like every Mm-mm, day. Not no, days. I don't
1: think I, it's hard for me to stick to a routine like that. So I kind of just like keep it in the back of my head, like, okay, this is something that I want to do. Um, and I find it to be useful. I mean, like I have gone to therapy on my own. I've learned like, the tricks that work for me or like tips or yeah, everyone's definitely different. Yeah. So I think like giving myself that time to be like, okay, how am I like checking in with myself? How am I doing? Do I need any support right now? Like people really do want to help you. And this past year, at least for me, I've learned that it's okay to be asking the people who love you, who you love for help.
0: Um, do you check like, uh, when you don't have any problems at all, you just do it routinely. Or when you sort of feel in any comfort, mm-hmm. uh, in, in any, in any form discomfort, uh, then you check mm-hmm. and say, well, I have to be, man- uh, I have to be mindful about, you know, this thought or that, mm-hmm. the idea that's, that's causing me problem.
1: Yeah. I usually try to keep a good, like if I don't, I feel like it could, get bad and I try to keep it up. So then I know like a little preventative care for myself.
0: And, uh, I think beyond meditation, uh, there's something called, uh, I think it's recommended by a lot of therapists, uh, to journal, mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis, maybe on, not on a da- daily basis, but just to journal positively. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, therapists recommend that. Uh, have you tried that?
1: Yeah, I have journaled um i try to do it every sunday (laughs) so i'll do that today um
0: and i a physical notebook yes
1: i have yeah i have a notebook and i only write one page when i journal i think everyone you know has their own journaling what works for them um but that's another way for me to keep myself in check and like write down how i'm feeling what i'm focusing on what i need to be working on things like that
0: that sounds great and for me i i kept a i kept a physical like pocket journal mm-hmm. as moleskin so it's a' f- nice. Fairly, fairly nice quality mm-hmm. uh, i started journaling since the january first of just start of 2020, 2021 or twenty twenty yeah twenty twenty one so last year uh and i finished the whole year of journaling nice. it was kind of like achievement yeah but at the end i didn't think too much about the achievement but something mm-hmm that I noticed concretely that uh, you know, my, uh, I just got more mindful through journaling. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good practice.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good practice. And also I think it's, uh, it's sort of important to, to try to put the positive side of yours uh, on paper. Our emotions are co- complicated. Mm-hmm. Even though you're happy for most, uh, most of your time uh, during that day, you will still have some bad emotions out there, um, but I really don't recommend focusing too much on those bad emotions, especially when you're writing a journal. I know it's uh, important to be mindful to the negative emotions, but mm-hmm. um, you have to send yourself a message that I'm making progress on something there's something I c- uh, I can be be I can be grateful about, mm-hmm. uh, and after remind yourself of that, not only you know you will feel that your life is more meaningful. That's for me, like personally, mm-hmm. uh, because I do have a lot of things I'm meaningful about, my family, my friends, uh, my, you know, doing somehow well uh, for my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those things can cheer me up uh, in a bad day caused by something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important to be kind of deliberate when uh, writing a journal. That's like from mm-hmm. my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. And also beside, uh, journaling on a physical notebook. I I have a document on my computer. Uh, it's it's not a document but a a folder uh, of a note-taking software. So that's basically for some general ideas that I came up with because I I always have a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talked about that in, in one of our sessions that I uh, used to overthink and ruminate on some random topics. Mm-hmm. Uh Sometimes that's a good thing for me. I can I can come up with something Mm -hmm. concrete, like a topic or a cluster of topic uh, in my notebook. And just write down all my thoughts out there, Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes subjectively, sometimes quite objectively. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just leave it there. And sometimes I will review, sometimes I'm not. Uh, And that is helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gave me a lot of confidence in coping with problems that I come up with. just randomly Mm -hmm. even though i I think meditation and journaling can be helpful it's also important to not force yourself to do that Mm because i know uh, people are different Uh, that's one thing Mm -hmm. Uh, people have different preferences on the way of documenting their emotions or even not document them at at all it's you know completely personal Mm -hmm. and secondly you know there's a balance there Uh, you have to balance between trying to focus in on or solving your emotion too much or engaging with real life because uh, you can't just do one thing and forget the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you once you start making actions in real life, to engage in something, try to fix something in your real life. I think that's when progress will be truly made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, you can you know do a little review on your notebook, mm-hmm. which you've accomplished uh, that's like a supplemental thing, Mm -hmm. Um, even though like they all will be helpful, but I think, you know, there is a balance. Mm -hmm.
1: I was gonna ask, do you ever like go back into your journal, read what you wrote, or do you just write it and
0: move on? That's a great question. Mm Well, I'll say yes and no. <laughs> I know it's the way a lot of Americans say like yes and no. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to master how you answer a question like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, yes. Yes and no. Yes, no. But, uh, well, I would say both.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: I do too. Sometimes, you know, uh, because, especially when I'm uh, documenting for the whole year, inevitably, there there were bad bad memories up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of, I was kind of hesitant Mm -hmm. to go back to those memories. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I didn't feel like that, so I don't do it. But sometimes I feel good. uh, I'll, you know, like monthly or quarterly check once. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed, it was kind of shocking to me that I I kind of forgot 80% of what what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So uh, in a way, it's, you know, when you're old, yeah Uh, someday you can just look at all the stupid things you've done (laughs) when you were young
1: it's true it's true that's nice
0: so i think it's uh the time to wrap up this podcast and it's my pleasure to invite jordan to come uh, to to come join me because no it's my first time conducting interview with another person (laughs) in english especially (laughs) thank you so Uh, much dennis Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Jordan. And um, if you are interested, you can check out NAMI. Uh, the full name is National Alliance on Mental Health Illness. It's an institution. It's a national institution, right? Yeah, nonprofit. And and also it has like a department in Massachusetts. So if anyone's interested in, definitely check it out, and um, stay tuned. Bye bye.